Welcome to the War and Beast podcast, the podcast where the warriors come down from the sky and crap, I don't know what to say about our feet. I'm Greg. And I'm Ollie. I was going to say maybe they're just cold. Uh, I'm Jordan. I was going to make a joke here, but then I was drunk while I was watching the episode. I'm Kendall. (laughs) And this week we are reviewing season three, episode 12, Nemesis part one. We are in the beginning of the end, folks. It's the end of the world. As we know it, it's the end of the world as we know it. I was expecting you to start mm-hmm. singing him. Thank you. Leonard <laughs> <laughs> Bernstein. That's the only words I know of that song. Yeah. Um, interesting episode. Um, certainly a way to start off a finale. But, of course, we'll get more into it as we go. Um, yeah, it's been another week. And so, Kendall... Do you have IMDb pulled up? Oh, do I? Do I, you? Do you? Yeah. <laughs> That's the question we're asking. Okay. Nemesis oh, is the series finale. Thing. It was planned to be three episodes long, but it was compressed to a two-parter. Optimus Primal speaks about stopping Megatron at any cost. This is a reference to Optimus Prime's original quote from Transformers in the movie 1986. Megatron must be stopped no matter what the cost. Inferno calls Rampage a drone in this episode. A drone is a male ant whose main purpose is to mate with the queen ant to provide offspring. Given Inferno's beast mode, a fire ant, and the fact that he refers to Megatron as royalty, this would probably be a perverse insult. An, in- an injured Silverbolt claims tis but a scratch and his arm falls off. This is a reference to the Monty Python and the Holy Grail 1975, where the same thing occurred with the Black Knight. Both Silverbolt and the Black Knight can be seen as medieval chivalrous knights. When Megatron powers up, the Nemesis external ship lights illuminate a symbol. According to the story editor Bob Forward, they are text in Cybertronics, the Transformers language used in Beast Wars Saga, which spell out Red Dwarf. In Japan, the episode (laughs) code was called Dokan or Kablam. Waspinator refers to himself in the first person. Also worth noting is he calls Megatron Dragonbot, even though up to this point he always uses his real name. We learn that Waspinator's robot mode is incredibly huge, has an incredibly huge, fleshy, yellow-colored tongue in an earlier episode. We saw his Beast Mode tongue, too, which was red in color. Uh, Okay, then we got the spoilery ones. Uh, I don't think either of these spoil anything except for the episode. 
the suicidal action of depth charges to obliterate Rampage is the only time in the entire series Maximal kills a Predacon. When, yeah, that's in the TF wiki as when well. When Dinobot 2 screams after Rampage's death, brief flashes of the original Dinobot can be seen as he looks upward. The key to understanding this scene can be found in Dark Glass, an episode <laughs> in which Rat Trap discovers Dinobot's personality program and embarks on a suicide mission to download the program into Dinobot 2 to revive the Maximal Warrior, succeeding but without any effect. The story, while planned, was deemed too dark for young viewers and was never made into an episode. It has been accepted as part of the Beast Wars saga and explains how Dinobot 2 starts to retain traits of his predecessor. However, this would still not explain why Dinobot 2 suddenly remembers the original Dinobot's <laughs> last hours, since the personality yeah. program Rat Trap found only contained his earlier moments. Wow, you buzzed through that. <laughs> that was me dropping That's the mic. Cool. <laughs> That's that, that's all. Sounds pretty cool. I mean, the whole a Doctor Ross episode of Sound was would have been a pretty good episode, but yeah, yeah. The problem is, I don't remember which episode it was, but it was one that I liked that replaced it. So yeah, yes, yeah, same. It was the one that I, um, I think it was Go with the Flow. We had more of a Una. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. They should have replaced it with the it's, last week's episode. They should have replaced last week's episode with it. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I would have known how Tarantulas died. I. I mean, how do we it know? Could killed him as part of dark class. Could killed him as part of dark class. No, just, mm-hmm. just, just skip it. There's clearly <laughs> he's just gone. As I established in that thing, also, also, how would we know where uh, Dragon Ball Z guy came from? <laughs> Tiger oh, Hawk. Tiger Hawk. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he does seem a little bit like we were talking about. Like, oh, he doesn't have his powers anymore. He still has all those powers. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of ridiculous. I was wrong. And, you know, and, you know, I got to say, and I, I can say this because it's almost at the beginning of the episode, but like most of the time when things look like Dragon Ball Z, like when Sonic looks like a Super Saiyan, I'm like, that's awesome. But for some reason, and maybe it's just because I don't like Tiger Hawk, when Tiger Hawk does it, it looks super dumb. Yeah, yeah I, well, can, I can understand that. I mean, what's odd about a robot being able to control chi? <laughs> I mean, I think it's I think it's because actually I. I think it's what I really think it is. It's not like they're an Android that, or anything. Is that we've gotten to the point in the animation style here where it really, really looks like a PS2 game in a not good way. And so <laughs> when he does that, it really looks like a bad Dragon Ball Z yeah. PS2 game. Yeah, I was going to say there was there was a water effect there in this episode that I was like, yeah, water's never yeah. been done well. Yeah. You guys are like, just like or, fucking betraying and turning back on this damn show in the last couple episodes like no 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 it looks, just, it looks just as bad as it always did i just don't like how it looks <laughs> it's no no it doesn't change how much i'm hated it. on this I'm show before about. it was cool no i this, don't i don't hate on it. i don't hate on it now either this show betrayed me <laughs> oh i, I didn't betray so. the show it didn't change at all you just suddenly think it's bad I, it's exactly the same as it's always been and I, I, I only mean bad as in comparison to what we have now, because things have evolved. Things have changed. I'm not saying that it was bad for it back then. I'm just saying it's bad now. You know, like a comparison. I don't, I don't, think, it, I don't think it ever was bad. It's still good. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the look, the look has definitely changed. Then. This season definitely what? has a different look from from last from season two which has a different look from season one and as time has gone on i have you can listen to the thing i've either thought it was better or worse at various times 
yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. It looks exactly the same as it always has. It might look a little bit better. That's about it. And maybe it looking better is like, it looks too good to get, it looks too close to good without being good, maybe, is what your problem yeah, is? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically, that's basically what it is, is, is with CGI, I feel like it's why, um, it's why Star Wars Episode One looks really good, but Star Wars Episode Two doesn't look as good, even though the technology is better, because, because when you're when you're at a at a certain level, it's stylized. It's why it's why Super Nintendo games look good, but PS One games look bad. Okay. I mean, well, yeah, depends on the PS One game, but yeah. In in general, yeah, I I I'm not as I'm not as down on early polygonal stuff as a lot of people, but I do think, but I do think like there's there is there is something in that that polygonal early CGI where. There's a there's there's arbitrary lines depending on your personal preferences uh, that it looks. Yeah, I mean, it's less stylized as time goes on. Yeah. You know, it's why but I don't know. I still I still like how it looks myself. Is what I'm saying, I guess. I uh, well, and okay. I'm just saying that the show has betrayed me is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> me show is, show is trying to do is trying to do better for you and you're just shitting in its face. Yeah, this well, you know, after what happened, after what happened earlier machines. tonight, that would surprise me. You can't me. talk about that. You can't. It's, not <laughs> it's, off, it's off limits. All right, so listener, we'll just have to wonder what we're talking about. <laughs> Shall we move on to the TF wiki? Let's do it. Sure. No, as normal, like there's a couple of animation technical errors, but I don't want, don't want to go through all of them because they're usually nitpicking. But mm-hmm. there are some interesting ones. Uh, such as at the very beginning when Optimus is reciting, Chiror is visible in the background in his normal trans metal body, walking with black arachnia. Really? I didn't notice that. <laughs> I'm gonna pull this uh, up right now. Uh, I just love the bullet point here where it's Megatron must have had a tight fit climbing down the hatch that Dinobot found. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It would have been um, like a scene in Ninja Turtles when like Toka can't get down the 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 sewer um, metal cover thing. Yeah. yeah. Remember that. Yeah. yeah, and then they start tickling his feet. <laughs> no, okay. I, I still hope when Technodrome Tales does that movie, I'm there because that that song on the on the CD still to this day haunts me as one of the most weirdest whiplash mood whiplashes that I've ever heard. Anyways, well, you're going to wait a while because they're taking yes, a hiatus I, until November. I know. I. Uh, after saying he quits, Wasmeter rips the Predacon icon off his head, but when he tells Inferno Quickstrike to kiss his stinger, it's still on. <laughs> so, oh my so, god, you're right. It is Cheater's old body. <laughs> uh, okay, so they'll... They, no, How do they mess up stuff like that? I don't know. <laughs> like, remember at the end of Code of Hero when it had Rat Trap's body? And, like, That's true, it, even, yeah. it had a quote where it's like, it gone through like how many processes, twenty fires, and we still missed it. Yet every fan noticed it. Yeah. Uh but anyways, the continuity years. The bomb Megatron left behind as a trap for the Maxible has some very curious properties. It I'll has enough. Say. It has enough power to severely damage Silverbolt and creates a powerful energy wave that is felt by the approaching Cheetor and Tigerhawk, who are miles away, even disintegrating a butterfly in the process. However, despite all of the above, Optimus and Death Charge suffer absolutely no ill effects from the bomb, despite mm-hmm. being in the, at extremely close range and having very little time or even room given the terrain to run for cover. It, the bomb skips the first th- like five feet and then gets better, worse. That's how the <laughs> well, bomb works. So they were out of the, the first five. They were out of the first five feet. 
It's yeah, exactly. It's because uh, it's because Optimus is OP. Born. Optimus is broken, <laughs> uh-huh. and uh, and it actually does do damage to to Depth Charge. That's why he dies at the end of the episode. So no. He- I think he dies because of the things that happen at the end of the episode. Well, you see, no, it <laughs> knocks him down to like five hit points. He gets hit a lot for in that during that fight for him it only be at it knocks five him hit down points. to like fifty hit points. <laughs> so Step Charge opened the hatch, but Silverbolt is the one who got damaged. Assuming that there was very little time to get away, Silvergo could have jumped uh, in front of Death Charge to protect him. That's what but, I was thinking. Is what well, happened? Why but would it, he? I mean, maybe because he's a hero. Yeah, like I don't literally, arguing that. But anyway, it's it, it, it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty like him to do it. But also, why wouldn't they just show that happening? Yeah. And but is but it is still misleading going into the commercial break. Maybe yeah. Silverbolt is just the weakest of the three of them. I mean, it is true. He's not exactly a Transmetal 2. And most of the others that came to even through the blast were all Transmetal 2. Also, also Silverbolt's like a ten dollar toy in uh, <laughs> uh, what's his name is a twenty dollar toy. That's true. Uh, Can't forget that. I think that's actually an important point to make. So how exactly did Megatron construct a bomb from scratch to begin with? With his base destroyed in the previous episode, it seems very unlikely that he would have the materials to create one on on hand. Uh, I agree with this one here, by the way. Tarantulas has been almost absurdly busy behind Megatron's back. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. We'll we'll get into it when we get there. But basically, all the things he's done, there's it's just... It must have taken so much time, and there's like, where do, has he found the time to do all of this between all his other projects? I've got some thoughts on that. The only thing that bothered me is that he built a monorail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but uh, but anyways, uh, uh, let's see here. When Death Charge first calls in the Predacon's location, Inferno can be seen flying off Wasp Vader Quick Strike. This would place their arrival a good thirty seconds or so before Megatron, or before Megatron, Dinobot, and Rampage use the secret hatch, which is supported by Death Charge spotting Rampage and refusing to wait. However, after Optimus arrives, the world lands with him and Death Charge has completely lost sight of Rampage. Now, did neither notice them use the hatch? If the, uh, How did neither of them notice the, the, uh, the use of the hatch if they could clearly make out the individual cards from that, dis- that distance? Hmm. Uh, let's see. Not that one would expect Rampage to be obedient, but when Megatron orders both him and Dinobot into the submersible, Rampage flat out ignores him and just decides to follow under his own power. Yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah. Uh, no ex- let's hold on. No explanation is suddenly given to why Rampage is suddenly vulnerable to Energon, ex- especially since he's had Energon's weapon poked his arc many times. It may have something to do with the, the stability of the underwater Energon. I wait, no. Have- to say, and I don't think it was stable. I think it was raw. Yeah, so Death Charge said, said that it was, said raw. it was raw. Yeah, I I want to point like I have like some things like I think yeah they're poke the poking them has he's he's been poked in the thing and they used a thin very precise energon blade to cut it in half. But I think like like he says raw energized through the core of that you know where where what where it was is is kind of what caused it mm-hmm. like. I always was under the impression that if Megatron actually, when he had it, like actually fully closed the uh, <laughs> the Big Mac box, that he would destroy the spark that the uh, spark half that was in there. Yeah, that's certainly possible. Because like whenever he squeezed it, those points never actually made it to the the core you see inside of the spark. Yeah. Well, and even I mean, even if he closed the Big Mac box, my th- my take on it was, I mean, he freaking. 
Yeah, a scalpel. You can use a scalpel yeah. to cut a thing out of a person, but if you stab them with a knife repeatedly, they're still gonna like not be good. Yeah, like well, that's the other. Like, he thing. was like, he was performing open heart surgery before redirecting well, the valves and shit. This was just getting literally being stabbed in the heart. We've been exploding energy on it's more. It's too. more like, like it wasn't just like it wasn't just like a knife or a or even a spike. It was like about to explode. There, it was like. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to say. Like, I think, like, he, as he said, it was a raw, like, a raw slice of, uh, Energon crystal. So I think basically when he, when he threw, when he, when he threw it into the spark, uh, it kind of just exploded in the spark while the, yeah. an Energon blade wouldn't have exploded. So, anyways, uh, there's some continuity notes. Oh, by the way, that was, uh, one of the questions from Ryan Butson with along with the others. So, uh, just, so we you answer know, your question already. Yeah, so just we kind of, I mean, we'll probably touch upon it with the others one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the protohumans are well on their way to civilization since we last, last saw them, developing uh, fire, spears, musical instruments, and sophisticated anti-transformer strategies. <laughs> uh, Quickstrike mentions that the anthropods have become much tougher than, after the last encounter. Presumably, he's referring to Code of Hero, where he took part in the attack on the protohuman valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get more hints about the sword history between Rampage and Death Charge. Newly, Rampage boasts that he attacked uh, Starbase Rugby solely because Death Charge had f- uh, friends there. Or friends aboard. Ouch. So, so is the Starbase called Starbase Rugby, or is he just mad that... Or, or, or in that scene, was he just mad that Rampage didn't have time to play rugby with him? Nope, it's called Starbase Rugby. It was a base. Okay, I took it as... Yeah, I took it as like, oh, now, oh, you... Just like you didn't have time for for Starbase Rugby, you know, <laughs> you're gonna be on my team. He's just he's uh, just our lover scorned. He's like, oh, I just wanted to, I wanted to play rugby by, with you so bad. Uh, by the way, <laughs> station's name is another call out to the fan community by the Beast War writers. In this case, Rugby Starbase was a toy retailer and fixture uh, of the Botcon dealers' room for years. Hmm. Well, and it's see, weird because. I, I know and it's not actually mentioned here in the TF wiki, but I'm pretty sure when they they said uh, in grid 3H or something like that, I think 3H is kind of like a little callback to the the fan comics that go that they that uh, were made, you know, for botcon specials and stuff like that. That the publishing company, I oh, think. That's cool. Um, though I'm I'm trying to remember because we had Colony Omicron. Yeah, that rampage attack, and apparently Starbase Rugby now as well, which he must yeah. have done while Depth Charge was, was chasing, chasing after him, and yeah. he specifically targeted because he because knew. he had friends there. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, that makes no, that makes more sense because Starbase. Ru- okay, because I didn't think that they had mentioned Starbase Rugby before. That's why I no, thought no, it was no, no. This is the only they, time he was talking about uh, intramural sports. <laughs> Uh, it's not clear why Rampage uh, allowed himself to be stabbed in the spark. Did he simply want to end his tortured existence? Was he gleeful in the knowledge that Death Charge had followed uh, followed through on his threat, becoming the the uh, true monster? The world may never know. Could have been a combination. I, I, yeah, I think it's like a lot of those things at the same time. Like, I think he was oh. kind of done with Megatron's bullshit, and he knew he was like trapped in that. He, he thought it'd be a good way to go, kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, he knew uh, he had lost. <laughs> there's also uh, a note about like like Kendall said about uh, Dinobot two crying out of pain after Rampage dies, and 
its relation to dark glass. Uh, so since we already mentioned that, I'll continue on where it goes on to about uh, gadgets and powers. Tiger Hawk pulls off some c- cool kung fu moves in the air, accompanied by some supernatural glowing stuff. <laughs> and this one I actually liked, and I noticed when I, when I watched the episode again. Flying, flying everywhere. Apparently, Cheater can now fl- outright, fly outright in his channel two forms, beast mode, rather than merely being restricted to his previous rocket boosted running. Furthermore, Death Charge has developed the the ability to fly in both his regular Stingray and robot modes. And yeah, Optimus, although shown hovering and such in robot mods beforehand, now demonstrates the capability to fly at high speeds in this form as well. This does rather uh, raise the question of what point at what point their respective flight modes actually serve anymore. Mm. Is it is it because they're jetting? <laughs> yes. Probably because they're jetting. <laughs> Probably the case, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, they're jetting. So, Transformers references. Uh, first off, there's, you know, the ship ne- Nemesis, which we mentioned before, and we actually get to I see. I always found so weird when you guys say Transformers references, because like, this is a Transformers show. Like, it, I think it's well, well, G1, G1 references. references. Yeah. yeah. I know, it's not a Transformers show. I don't like Transformers. <laughs> the, ship, the ship did attack the Ark in the original Transformers lore. Often, this primary will tell the story for the benefit of new viewers. His account doesn't... Pr- Which is uh, good, because I, I didn't know what it was. His account doesn't pr- uh, precisely match the circumstances of the uh, G1 cartoon or the Marvel comic, presumably mm-hmm. to avoid Beast Wars uh, from trying too closely into one continuity or the other. Uh, the flashbacks mm-hmm. to the battle between the Ark and the Nemesis recounted by Optimus Prime Megatron neglected to mention that the Decepticons boarded the Ark before the crash. Yes. This was probably done either to simplify the retelling, increase the significance of the... Ne- or uh, increase the significant involvement, or both. Uh, the nemesis kind of, would, kind of implies that they never found the nemesis ever. After, in like, yeah, interesting. Uh, the nemesis went uh, un- unnamed in original Generation One media. This is the first work of fiction to actually name the ship. Uh, the Covenant of Primes is introduced in this episode as a sacred Cy- Cybertronian text. Prior to this episode's release, the term co- Covenant, in direct association with Primus, had originally applied to a group of twelve original Transformers created by Primus. In the Botcon 1999 pro story aptly titled Covenant. Yes. Uh, said story was written by Simon Furman, who would write the very next episode of this two-parter. Though no connection is made between uh, either the tomb or the group in either this or the next episode. But one would later be given in 2001 in the 19th entry of the Botcon Online feature, uh, Aplings War Journal. Oh. Uh, here's an interesting one. Megatron refers to Tarantulas as Unicron Spawn. Yes. Yeah, writer Bob Ford intended this as a generic insult in the vein of a human casting aspirations on someone's parentage, equivalent to a bastard or, you know, something like that. Demon Satan spawn, hell spawn. Yeah. yeah, but it came right on the heels of the previous episode's uh, revel- revelation that Tarantulas was not descended from either Autobot or Decepticon, prompting a large portion of the audience to take the invective literally. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, 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 I was thinking about that. I'm like, did he mean something by that, or is it just like Hell Spawn scenario? Yeah. Like, I wasn't uh, sure. Ancillary fiction like Primeval Dawn and Yokohama Decepticon Secret Base ran with it and de- depicted Tarantulas as a literal creation of Unicron. Uh, asked Vector Prime, had Vector Prime lampshade this in 2015 with, I suppose in some cycle, Spawn of Unicron will be the uh, sort of invective. Sorry, I've, I lost my train there. The sort of invective hurled with with nary a, a s- second thought. 
Uh, this is the first time we hear that Megatron's name is not a reference to that other Megatron, but a figure from the Covenant. Then we've got real-world references. Uh, when Def Charge spots Predacons activating Grid Skilla, he's refer- referencing the fan of the, of the time. Uh, when co- contacting the Maximals, Optim- Optimus encodes transmission M-Cypher, which is a reference to Greg Seplak, uh, who also has written a lot of things for Transformers and is part of the community. Uh, it also it mentions the is it's just a scratch uh, is a reference like like uh, Kendall said in IMDb to Monty Python. Uh, Inferno utilizes the classic cartoon method of hiding and then appearing from behind in a possibly yes. skinny tree. Yeah. <laughs> and it also again mentions that the cy- Cybertronics that was illuminated on the Nemesis uh, says Red Dwarf as a reference to the British sci-fi comedy show. Uh, then we've got the trivia where. As Kendall said, the death of Rampage is the only time a Maximal actually kills a Predacon. Uh, them, and Nemesis was supposed to be a three-tar, was compressed to two. Uh, Bob Forward and Simon Furman both worked together on the Nemesis outline, uh, to the extent that it wasn't decided for a while who would be writing which part. Originally, they had bigger, grander plans, but many of them got, got dropped when it, came, when it was clear a fourth season wouldn't be coming. Aww. Yeah, so I guess by the time they started wrapping up, then they, they knew a fourth season wasn't happening. Uh, at the beginning of the episode, when Rapture pulls up the Covenant of Primus, the maximal variant of Cybertron's text can be seen, and it reads, 7613 will cast out with him a cork and one fork and a bowl of beans between them. <laughs> this, pre- <laughs> this presumably follows the portion of the Covenant read by Primal they are track 7, verse 613. And a mighty warrior came down from the sky, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his feet is... He says it in the episode. I'm not going to say the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, The copy of the Covenant of Primus on the Nemesis has the Autobot symbol on the cover. Yes. I did notice that. And this is clearly the only time Wasmater refers to himself as I. This is also, regrettably, the last time Wasmater is slagged as as a participant of the Beast Wars. Yeah. Uh, He died, like, legitimately there? Uh, No. No. Okay. Good. Uh, but he quit. He quit the Predacons, so he's basically not has nothing to do with the Beast Wars anymore. Got gotcha. you. Is is what that whole thing was. Uh, since Dragon Megatron, Megatron has his Beast Head mode, uh, Beast Head mode head as a robot mode arm, as his original T Rex body did, Megatron's odd relationship with the hand has returned. In in this two-parter, he can not only be seen petting the dragon head, but at some at one point he t- he turns from the monitor he's watching, and his head hand turns toward it and actually moves back and forth as it observes the on-screen events. <laughs> I didn't notice that. And then finally, they point out that Death Charge Death Cry heard over Optimus Communicator is blood curdling. Yes. Yeah, so, it's pretty bad. Yeah. So that was all that we had for part Nemesis Part One in in the TF Wiki. Okay. Well, now that we've got that out of the way, I suppose we better get to the meat and potatoes of this episode. Um. I so eat we, bite. what was that? Said I couldn't eat another bite. Meat and potatoes. Bite, it's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, high energy episode. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. So we open up this episode with a electrical storm raging outside over the maximal base inside the mountain where the arc is located. Inside, as we zoom in, we see Tiger Hawk performing 
Kata? Yeah, like a Cybertronian Kung Fu Kata in my, um, midair. My, uh, the version of it that I was watching was kind of glitching out of his part, and I thought he was just like twitching in the air. <laughs> because Aww. like it, it was kind of like glitchy, right? So yeah. it's yeah. it's just the attract screen for the Beast Wars fighting game. <laughs> and there is a Beast Wars fighting game. I don't think mm. it has Tiger Hawk in it though. No, no, it would have been pretty cool. He's in one of the games is, though. Is he on like uh maybe he is in that game then? Because because there's only two Beast Wars games. Oh, so. hmm. well, there's the Transmetal one and then the other one. The other one was not a fighting game though. The Transmetal one. Oh was. no. Oh. Although the, the, trans- the other one was one, like a third person uh, shooter, the first one. Yes, which we saw in Animal in the Animorphs pilot. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, now that so, I'm seeing it more clearly, it looks like Kata's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as uh, Tigertron is doing this, he seems to be that's channeling... right, Tigertron, because he's just Tigertron. Or, sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're Tiger right. Hawk, he's yeah. just Tigertron. So yeah, I feel like he's not even Tigertron. He's kind of not a character. Yeah, again, one of those weird things were like, you know, as a kid, like, I thought, like, because I always like things mashed together were cool. I liked, you know, a Tiger Hawk, yay, like another Fusior. But in retrospect, he, he, it's kind of like Boba Fett, like in, in the actual movies, you know, like he has only one little piece, but uh, you just build him up in your mind. Well, to be fair, next episode, he does kind of get a bit of a badass moment. Yeah. That's but that's what I mean. Like only like a yeah. like one or two things, and then he's gone. And yeah, it's yeah. But, but yes, so he's performing a kata and and channeling his chi. Uh, manages to create a little energy sphere that then erupts out, causes like these little fireworky sort of sparks to float through the air. We then fade to a screen that is, I guess, Rhinox is sort of monitoring or studying tiger hawk's body all while optimus is reading from the covenant of primus i love the pose he has when he's doing that yeah he looks very theatrical yeah and and he reads a quote and a mighty warrior came down from the sky and a rainbow was upon his head and his feet like pillars of fire and the great dragon was cast out onto the earth and his followers were cast out with him if only to a cork got spoon and beans between them. Yes. <laughs> to which Rat Trap says, what? He's like, what in the seven spiral galaxies are you jabbering about? Why which... my copy of the Cybertronian Bible, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's not. The funny thing is, like, if you look at it, it's actually a book on tape. He's just yeah. reading like yeah. the he's just reading like the description. There's a cassette. It's so great. <laughs> he's, he's yeah, like he holds it up and it's like there's it. a cassette in there. Yeah. Um, but Rhinox uh, quotes the, the data tracks from which Optimus is speaking and then makes mention that only two covenants of Primus exist and one was aboard the Ark. To which Rattrap is, you know, very skeptical about the comparisons between what's going on now and what the covenant of Primus is talking about. Um, because he makes mention that Dragon Breath lost his base and we added Thunderbutt to the team. But it don't got to claim it's ordained. Much, much, I'm just going to call him Thunderbutt from now on, I think. Sure. Yeah. I I was going to point out, that kind of makes it interesting, though, that he said if only two were made, one copy was on the Ark, and the other copy was on the Nemesis. Mm-hmm. Well, the Ark, I can understand, because it was supposed to be an exploration vehicle. 
that the Decepticons attack, kind of kind of like what happened with uh, Maximals and Predacons. But the Nemesis was specifically a Decepticon warship, you know, yes. to go into battle and stuff like Doesn't that. Doesn't mean they weren't religious. Mm. So I guess they, I'm, I'm guessing they, after they con- conquered, they would try and convert. What? Well, no, they wanted to know. They wanted to know Vidalia. Like they, like I, I think, I, I think the Decepticons at one point, like they also worshipped Primus, but they just thought, you know, a different way of worshiping him, kind of thing, and eventually maybe moved on to Unicron. But you know, yeah. Well, that, that's fair. I don't think... Because, uh, like, the Decepticons started off as, like, just other Transformers uh, who then rebelled, right? Yeah, like I said, like, I don't... In a lot of the canons, at least. Yeah, I don't think the, the Decepticons, or even some of, like, the offshoots of Decepticons actually specifically worship Unicron, because it's understood that Unicron is a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah, Unicron's sort of seen as, like, the devil in, in this universe pretty much or you know even the bad story of worlds yeah it's like it's basically like you're deal with the devil like they know like dealing with him is pretty much going to get them killed yeah well i mean like galvatron was like under his command is the thing but yeah well he was kind of forced under his command right sure (laughs) but he still like kind of seemed pretty into it at the time (laughs) i recall (laughs) i think it's pretty much any uh any type of like evil villain dynamic where the one of the villains knows that one if they fail they're going to be destroyed and two even when they succeed they're probably going to be double cross and killed so they got double cross first like also i mean people do like work with the devil there's like lots of stories where that happens i just read this this past week's riverdale comic was about pops making a deal with the devil are you fucking kidding me i am not oh wow like literally the devil showed up in the comic uh, yes, yes, this guy showed up uh, on winter solstice. He shows up every year um, to order two burgers. And apparently the first I'm time... I'm very happy about this. The first time that he showed up, uh, Pops was about to go out of business, and he also wasn't uh, serving food at the time. But the guy ordered, asked if he could make him some burgers, and he made him some burgers. He's like, these are really good. And uh, I guess I guess uh, that uh, that restaurant over there doesn't like you very much or you, you don't like them very much. Right. And, you know, what would you give to for for them to go out of business? He's like anything. And so then that the that restaurant burns to the ground later that week. And then the guy comes back every every year for two burgers. And uh, at the at the end, it shows like in his uh, like in the in his reflection, it shows the horns. It was it was definitely the best issue of the Riverdale comic. I mean, uh, like, what I like about that, though, is that it's introducing supernatural stuff in the Riverdale canon, which you can use in a show, hopefully, for when Sabrina shows up. Uh-huh. But this isn't a Riverdale podcast. I mean, they're going to, they're going to, I mean, one of these days, they're going to, it's going to be Afterlife, it's going to be Afterlife with Archie, one of these I, seasons. I, I wanted to ask if I, because I forget specifically, but is Pop's uh, shop at Crossroads or something? It's on like, the, is, there an inter- is there an intersection there? It's it's uh it's on the highway. Okay, and it would have been more appropriate if it was at a crossroads. We are not even five minutes into this episode. <laughs> we need to get back on topic. Yeah, who would bring up something like a Riverdale comic? <laughs> Whoever that is is a jerk. And all. <laughs> anyway, so Ron Trap is you know talking about how oh we can't think that this is all like preordained or anything along those lines. Um, 
Optimus goes on to say that this is their last opportunity to end the Beast Wars and Megatron's evil. So that there you go, Kendall's the the Maximals are saying that the Predacons are evil. The Maximals are saying it. Also, why why does why does Rhinox say it's their last opportunity? No, pro- I thought it was Optimus that said it was yeah the last opportunity. Yes, Optimus says I it. thought it was Rhinox that said it, but why does either one? Why do they say it's the last opportunity? I think they actually honestly believe that whatever is happening, it's going to end because yeah. one. They can't tentatively keep protecting the Ark from him, and if he somehow gets the upper hand on them, it's pretty much done. And two, he doesn't have a base anymore, and and his forces are scattered, so it's kind of game pretty much down to the wire for all of them. Um, um I guess, or maybe <laughs> they know that show's getting canceled. <laughs> could be, or he could just be being melodramatic. I mean, you saw how he was reading that book. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, I don't know. I I guess like I took from the scene that he like the way he said it, it was like this is our last opportunity. Blah blah blah. Like it was it it was right after Rat Trap said, "I don't believe the prophecy," and they're like, "Well, you you, you know, I don't know. It was weird. I don't know." Right. Anyway, getting back to the episode, we we then cut to Death Charge and Silverbolt who are doing a patrol outside. And they pass flying. by. Yes, they're flying or jetting. One of the two. <laughs> jetting because they're not in beast form. Yes. Um, they pass by the the remains or you know collapsed yeah. cave of Tarantulas's base, and so they the the Predacons wind up popping up from behind some rocks as the Maxwells fly past. To which Quickstrike wants to shoot them, obviously. Because he's tired of hiding. And he's like, can I just shoot one? And Megatron smacks him with his arm and says, no, we are at the moment at a tactical disadvantage. To which Rampage grabs Megatron and says, and whose fault is that? You led us to defeat. To which Dinobot 2 then uh, off to the side has his spark pop out of his chest Rather than having like the little Big Mac box or the little squeezer thing from the previous episodes, he just starts squeezing it with his own hand. Yeah. Like his own claw, which yeah. is pretty good. Just think about it. So Rampage, of course, starts to short out a bit. Uh, this is when we then get the uh, Megatron talking about what they need to do how tarantulas may have left a legacy that he can yet utilize. Um, and then Inferno pops out from behind the tree saying the royalty will triumph. All we need is a new colony and I shall find it. And then we get Waspinator popping out from the tree. I wonder if this was Waspinator's thinking tree. I, mm, I don't know. Cause I don't think they're in the same grid that he's usually uh, buzzing true. around. Yeah. We haven't we haven't seen a return of Waspinator's tree. Oh well, um, but yes, he he's hanging upside down from the tree and makes mention that Ampot not find own thorax with both hands and a roadmap. And Inferno then hauls him out of the tree. I like how Inferno just like is like he's doing a cartoon thing where like how the fuck was he hiding in that tree and it's like completely hidden on like the other side of a tree because you don't yeah. see any ever Inferno. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> it's very yeah. cartoony yeah. good. 
that's what I was going to say. This episode does a very, very weird mix of cartoony joke, jokery and some serious beats. It it bounces back and forth very rapidly. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it worked or not. Yeah. I'm. Because like some I mean, episodes, I at least laughed. I like I like those jokey bits too. Yeah, I mean some episodes pull it off perfectly, and some episodes yeah. like are just like that is not correct. Uh, but this one, it was like, eh. I think what it was is that like the the goofy stuff wasn't goofy enough, and the serious stuff wasn't interesting enough, and so it like it didn't. I wasn't bought into the episode as much as 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 sometimes, and so I think mm-hmm. that might be it. Or maybe I'm just tired of Beast Wars. <laughs> We're almost done it, so yeah, yeah, yeah. About I mean, time. I oh jeez, wow. I'm I, I, I'm so glad you love being on this podcast and doing this with us, Ken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I I like. I think I think the episode is pretty good. I think it has some good epic moments in it, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Megatron orders Inferno to take Waspinator and Quick Strike and see about finding a new base. Um, to which co- that he thinks he's many explode or yeah feels much damage coming on. <laughs> um, Megatron then orders the rest of them to search the wreckage of Tarantulas' base to see if they can find anything. Um, and this is when he says, "Ah, uh, yes." Or actually, wait, it's not yet that he says it. He tells him to start searching. Then Dinobot finds he look the first rock he happens to look under. He finds a trap door. Well, there was a very obvious hinge by the rock. True. And it was a really big door. I mean, I would imagine it would be better hidden when the ba- when Tarantulas' base was not destroyed. Yeah. Yes. He tosses the rock and opens up the um, it almost looks like the almost like a, a funky colored bank vault door. Or the type um, of door that you might see on, like, a submarine or a tank. The TF Wiki has a picture and mentions that being Bugs Bunny's uh, security system. I like how um, he just he just flips it open. He doesn't have to, like, yeah. screw it or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> yep, just flips open, no problems. But uh, this is where uh, Megatron makes mention of, ah, oh, yes, that spider scheming incipient treachery from Unicron spawn, spawn may yet turn the tide. So as they approach the the whole Dinobot starts to go down in, and yeah, I'm not entirely sure how Megatron would have fit in that hole. <laughs> I mean, maybe he could, like, just squeeze his, like, wings in. I mean, there's a kind of a shot where his wings are kind of really close to his back. I could see it fit for that, actually. Yeah. I suppose, but as their um, as their attention is diverted to the hole, uh, Depth Charge and Silverbolt have turned back around, and they see all of the Predacons. They see Inferno and his group flying off, as well as Megatron, Dinobot, and Inferno down on the ground. Uh, they immediately radio in, and Optimus tells them to wait for backup. To which Depth Charge, being Depth Charge, says, "Screw you!" Exits down there and says he's going in. Blow out your exhaust port, optimal. Yeah. That. Oh, I miss Death Charge. I think <laughs> you miss him. You miss Maybe. him already. <laughs> well, he hasn't been in the last couple of episodes. True enough. That's true. Yeah. So it's so nice of him to come back and be here for the finale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Optimus. Like we then cut back to Optimus at the base, and he's like, 
Hit it, boss. The moment is now. Transform and finish it. Which I thought was a bit cutthroat for him. But I suppose all I things considered. I like how he's playing with his hands in this ship mode. Yes. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. Um, we then cut back to the group of Megatron, Rampage, and Dinobot. They've managed to, to climb down this ladder uh, into a platform. And we then get some lights activate both illuminating this sort of submersible vehicle as well as showing a few lights <sighs> in water. And then we have this ramp. So rail ramp. Yeah. So Megatron goes up or rather rampage is just saying, Oh, you know, spider doing all sorts of stuff. It's not like it's going to really help us to which uh, Megatron says, Oh, let's see what tarantulas <sighs> is working on. Oh, are you okay? Em? You could hear that. Yes. yes. I, I muted my mic. That's silly. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> so you can hear me right now? Yes. yes. What the fuck, Skype? <laughs> <laughs> I muted you. This is bullshit. I'm mad. <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm putting you to sleep. No, it's, I'm just mm, tired all the time. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I was hoping to fucking mute it, and then you wouldn't be an issue. <laughs> hmm. But, uh, yes, so Megatron is checking out this console uh, close to where he is, to which he then starts getting excited. He's like, yes, yes, to which he then orders Dinobot and Rampage into the submersible. Quickly. Uh, but only Victory may yet be ours. <laughs> But only Dinobot gets into the submersible with him and Rampage just transforms. And uh, so the submersible launches. It goes down the rail it's, and Rampage is right behind it. And they both go into the water. So, of course, we're not shown what Megatron saw. But we we then on the computer, you kind of see the outline of the same ship that was on Tarantulas' computer last time. I think yeah. I think the model there mm-hmm. is is that. I like the detail of like uh, Dinobot and Megatron bracing themselves before they go flying down the monorail. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And Dinobot looked a bit worried. <laughs> He's like, Aww. He's a um, raptor, not a swimmer. <laughs> so we got back to the Maximals as Depth Charge is digging around in the debris trying to figure out where they went. And I'm thinking to myself, wasn't he watching them? Yeah. Literally the- going down the hole. That's what the DUF wiki was asking. Like, why? Why? Yeah. But yes, so he, he manages to to find the the entrance to the tunnel. And just as he finds it, he's like, I can still smell stink of X's spark. And then he finds it and he's like, ha, I knew it. And he goes to open it up and Optimus warns him. And turns out that there's a bomb <laughs> hidden right under it. Can and I just like, say how cartoony this bomb is? Yeah. It is it's just a big hunk sti- of dynamite. Yeah, it yeah. is sticks of dynamite tied together with a little fuse like burning down. Yeah. Uh like balanced on like some ropes in the middle of the of the of the hole for, by the ladder. Well, they, had to, so, they had to make do with what they had. They they're you know, they don't <laughs> have a base anymore. Yeah, well, I know. I just I just I thought it was funny. I just I, I asked actually chuckled when I saw it. So I'm kind of curious, is this Schrodinger's bomb? Like, the, would the bomb have gone off? Had no, it wouldn't charged? have. There was probably a thing. <laughs> that probably a thing where, like, 
there's probably a thing attached to the, the lid that like would li- light the fuse once it's oh, opened. Okay. I'm guessing that's what happened. That was that was how I took it. Yeah, and I was gonna say, and then going along with uh, what Em and like Kendall thought, I was imagining that maybe they should have just broaden that and do a whole Rube Goldberg device where like he opens it up and they're like the string falls down and they're, and they're like wondering what in the world is all that and then all of a sudden it stops it comes to the end to lighting the bomb that would have been pretty funny why don't we just close it after opening it <laughs> well no <laughs> after, after you open it it's already triggered it yeah but it would have contained the bomb underneath this big steel ass door like it would have like helped a little I think yeah but the thing is with the explosion that we get it's i I think the explosion was a bit exaggerated for the amount of dynamite that was there. Because <laughs> it was a little big There's a lot explosion. of dynamite there. Are you kidding? <laughs> That's like, what? I'd say six sticks? I think, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Okay, I mean, I'm not a demolitions expert. I don't know what six sticks can do, but I feel like that's a lot. Mm, I don't know. It's also, the you scene. gotta remember, it's a Cybertronian dynamite. Dynamite. <laughs> Dynamite. So it's even it's even it's even more powerful because it's dynamite. It's dynamite, yeah. And I'm also that's not like what Energon. I said. I said dynamite. <laughs> if you check the recording, like dynamite. If you we check the actually, recording, are we just gonna pull a TWA and have like yeah. Kendall saying dynamite yeah, six times? I, yeah, 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 Eric. <laughs> Eric, when you edit this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have you know, I did some editing last episode and yeah. the one before that. Mm. One before that, it was nice. Mm. Mm. All right. Look, I'm so, the, I don't claim to be Eric, but I think I do Eric's a decent good. job. You did a good He's job. really good. But Eric's just really good. Really. Good. I I don't know. I never um, listen to the podcast. <laughs> um, I like uh when it goes a commercial break and it comes back and it's like. And then boom and like fucking like like destroys this like butterflies. Like that's playing that classic like calm ass music and then morning shadows. Yeah. It's usually called morning. I'm not even sure if that was the right song that I was doing, but that's what I imagine. Yeah, it's it's a variation of it, which is weird because it's a it's a public domain song because it's from like Freaking! It's the 1800s or 1700s or something. I forget. I was gonna say it's the uh, it's part of the William Tell Overture, like the very, very, very beginning, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. yeah. So that would be 1800s. By the way, did you know that uh, there's only one cartoon that actually uses all of the William Tell Overture? Like Is it from Looney Tunes? No. Oh. It's it's usually you know usually either morning the da 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 you know like for morning scenes or the uh you know the lone. So I know it from the most Looney Tunes. Yeah. Uh, but the uh, Mary Melody's Mickey Mouse cartoon, when he's conducting the orchestra, they go through the whole song. And that's really the only cartoon that goes oh. through the whole song. Hmm. Good to know. I did not know that. See, who says we can't be educational on this show? <laughs> and now you know. Do, 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 do. <laughs> oh, damn it. Now I'm going to have to put that in. <laughs> Crap. So do you think Beast Wars is obsessed with killing butterflies because of the butterfly effect thing? <laughs> Maybe because they. I this is an easy thing to kill. I think it's like, oh, look at this pretty thing that's easy to render. Yeah. This is at least <laughs> the third time that they've had a featured butterfly death. Well, One I was these- gonna say because the. Do you think this is the butterfly that Black Arachnia did not get a chance to kill? No, nah, because it was. It. I think the body was different. Okay. Also, it's like thousands of miles away. How I many butterflies travel that far? <laughs> Actually. Actually, the monarch butterfly 
goes from like North America to South America. That's pretty cool. That's the whole point of the monarch mm-hmm. butterflies that they're monarchs. I mean, they migrate or something. Yeah, they migrate like birds do. Does one butterfly do that, or is it generations of butterflies? That so is generations one butterfly. Like a couple that is, days. That is one butterfly. Oh, crazy! Hmm. You not know that about monarch butterflies. The more you know. Do 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 do. I remember that Stop from it. elementary school. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just put in a transformer in, instead, saying, "And knowing is half the battle." Transformers. Is that what I mean, the Transformers say? Knowing is half the battle. <laughs> that they both did it. Both shows yeah. did those things, but no one remembers the Transformers ones for whatever reason. Because I said it before think... on the show, but it was an unlockable in the PS2 Transformers game, and then you could get those PSAs unlocked, and it was really awesome. Oh my! But yes, so we we get a big explosion, and it cuts to um to Thunderbutt, Cheetor, and Black Arachnia who are all flying through the air, and. Thunderbutt manages to get in front of the explosion and puts up some sort of a shield to protect everybody, I guess. Um, and then Cheetor flies out from behind him and Black Arachnia is all panicky and they manage to land and <laughs> she lands next to Silverbolt and immediately says, back off. What is it? Is it um, back off Scrap Heap or something like that, I believe? Thank you, Scrap Heap. Yeah. Or besides Scrappy or something like that. Um, and then we get the scene where, you know, Silver Bowl's like, it's just a scratch. And all this Monty Python talk earlier and then the Covenant of Primus thing had me remembering the scene where Arthur defeats the Black Knight and starts kneeling and praying. And now I was thinking of Optimus <laughs> doing the same thing. <laughs> oh, um, I think you guys got past it already, but like, I really like that, like, uh, thing that Tigerhawk does where he like shields them with airbending. Yes. Yeah. That was yeah, really that cool. Was, that was pretty cool. Um we get Optimus saying uh to Silverbolt that maybe he's due for some time in the CR chamber, to which, you know, he's like, oh no, I'm fine. And then his hand falls off and then his head pops off. <laughs> there's Alpha Spring. There's springs. And she tells him to listen to his commander and He's like, yes, dear. Um, Cheetor says that he'll escort them back. Uh, and then Optimus looks over to Depth Charge and says, come on, we've got work to do. And so they're going to start digging. Um, and then we get uh, Tigerhawk lands next to them. He's sort of just standing there. And Cheetor, I think, is dragging Silver Silverbolt's body while Black Arachne is holding a couple of parts. Um, we then cut to the, uh, early anthropoids home and it's like this hill with some caves that have been dug into it now. And we've got a couple of kids running around, or I believe it's Chak and Una who and Chak of course falls down. Um, Inferno is watching all of this going on from a bush. With uh, glowing eyes. Yes. And he says that that shall be their new base. Which <laughs> Quick Strike is like all shuddery. He's like, eh, gross. There's humans there. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to move in there. It's got all them hairy critters in it. Unless... I actually really like the scene. It's, yeah. it's, it's it's good. His like his his gesticulating is really good, and like his yeah the the act. I don't know. The voice just sounds good, and like he sounds really funny. I like it. He gets extremely excited because he's like, unless oh. 
unless we're gonna slag him. Yeah, if he's like, like, oh, like it's just hilarious. He's like, of course you're gonna slag him. Of course you're going to. Like, what? <laughs> and he's like begging that they get to slag him too, which is even funny. Like he doesn't think that that wasn't the idea the whole time. Like you yeah. were saying, him. Yeah, and then he, and then he's hilarious. like, oh boy, now I'm talking about. And he jumps behind, like he jumps up to like Inferno and smacks him on the I back, and the gets back. all. He gets all like in in like the camera's face. He's like, "How's about it, bug boy?" And it's really good. I love it. <laughs> and this point is actually kind of funny too. Yes. It's good. Yeah, I really like this scene too. Like Waspinator taking charge and like standing up for himself is good. Yeah, because Waspinator getting uh, on rocks and they look no. over and they're like, "Yeah, there's a pause." And he's like, "No, no." <laughs> I said no. <laughs> yeah, we get Quick Strike who like. Face palm or no Inferno face palms and Quickstrike is just like what? <laughs> and Inferno's like, but the royalty commands it. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And then we get Waspinator saying, Dragonbot command you, sub commander, kiss butt. Dragonbot not command Waspinator. Not anymore. Waspinator is sick of being evil and sick of being Predacon. And Waspinator is especially sick. Of being blown, of being blown to scrap, to scrap all, the all the time. I was waiting for the subtitles. That's why. I... <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he actually does like a, you kind of hear a tear where you're during this speech. Cause next part, I think is when he does it, he put, like tears off the little Predacon symbol on there and flies around. Like it's a piece of paper. Yeah. Or like, so good. I think they goes off, <laughs> which when he says he turns back around and it's back, makes me think of like a paper, like a paper towel dispenser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> chunk, chunk. Yeah. He keeps tearing it off and it just keeps coming back. Yeah. This <laughs> is all the time. He's got his hands in his air. He's waving his whole body. Like, again, yeah. this is really good. I was just kind of said the animation's not good. I think there's a really good, like, movement in this in this scene. I mean, between the, going from Quick Strike to Waspinator. This scene's fine. The animation for the that first scene with, uh, with Tiger Hawk is the one that was, is the scene that was bad. This scene mm-hmm. looks good. Okay. Oh, I enjoyed this scene. It was like for the most part, I thought it was pretty, pretty funny. Like I thought it was pretty good. Um, Waspinator basically tells him to go kiss his butt. And he's, yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, he gets a, he gets this wonderful rant too, yeah. which Una happens upon. But. Yes, she's watching from from the other side of the bush. Um, and I'm trying to remember exactly. Let's see if I can find it here. Um. And so, oh yes, he's like, as of now, which means Antbot and Two Head can just pucker their mandibles and plant big, wet, juicy one right here on Waspinator's big, fat, stripey, and then he gets shot. They they both shoot him and he explodes. Yeah, Yeah. and his head goes, it flies and lands directly on a rock right beside Una. And his jaw drops and then he falls off the rock. Uh, Inferno and Quick Strike both leave for the royalty. Time. Yes, <laughs> and they and, march forward. Yeah, and we get the uh, the human the anthropod that's got the uh, the big hammer. He he shouts to his comrades who have managed to fashion horns. I was gonna say they invented yeah. horns. Like, yeah. okay, we we get two of them playing horns to warn the rest of the tribe, and we get one one of them pulls their kid back in into a cave and then they start grabbing spears and start hawking them at quick strike and inferno managed to hit sure them a few times. Yeah. 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 There's like two square and like uh quick strikes chest. And 
Yeah, and I like the one part where it looks like there's like a like a, a, a dozens of them going to Inferno. Yeah. It's very they come good. To the screen at one point too. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> so this scene is very important because it tells you just how incompetent the Transformers have been throughout the whole the whole of the Beast Wars because they're supposed to be all like high tech and stuff, but a bunch of dudes with spears just like take them out like like it was. You it know, is kind of like weird. Though. I mean, they just start shooting and like. And the spears really shouldn't do much to like metal creatures. It's just kind of like comedy and stuff. Like it, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense if you no. Think- no, they're aiming at the joints like Cheetor taught them. <laughs> <laughs> they aren't though. They're like, like I said, there was there was like two, there was like three spears or two spears square in like Quick Strike's chest, like not right. And those didn't point. really center affect, mass. Those really didn't do do much of anything. And then when they, yeah, and then they kept throwing them at them, and the ones that were effective were the ones that hit the joints. And why weren't they shooting that whole time? It's just weird. Like, yeah, I will point they out, didn't want to kill any people. Yeah, yeah, because well, no, it's because yeah. they're bad at fighting because they're incompetent. I would I'm, like to point out that not they're usually that incompetent. That's let's just because we don't let see Jordan them. Say his piece. <laughs> because we I was don't see. Say them. they 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 seem to have purposely. Uh, like are these tactics are purposely for the transformers because they're not just like throwing one and then assuming that if it hits or if they miss there they're getting a bunch of spears ready mm-hmm. like they know that they need to keep keep pressing them with the spears back yeah yeah i mean i mean the thing i mean the thing is yeah the reason they don't normally seem so incompetent is cuz they're fighting against other ridiculously yeah. <laughs> incompetent people yeah that's true <laughs> you know it's like uh it's like in the Revolutionary War, where the thing and the thing that they said on Teenagers with Attitude. And then Cameron had to correct. Yeah, I don't know. But it's the it's the <laughs> idea of the idea of like at some point in history there was the the idea of war was a block of people fights another block of people, and then eventually people figured out that you should that it's better to not be clumps of people altogether in based on technology and whatever Cameron said but uh but the I the yeah things <laughs> okay <laughs> my point is the predacons are incompetent as are the maximals and humans are awesome mm-hmm. okay i believe that yep so once inferno and quickstrike are taken out we then see waspinator who uses his abnormally long green tongue that maybe gene simmons or <laughs> you say yellow i say green it is it's, it's, it's okay, like a blue it's, it's like a blue and gold mm, okay i mean it's got <laughs> it's got green shading on it but like maybe i could see it being seen as green sure sure it could be like a neon green. Can we just agree that it's the same? No, it's fine. It's I looked. I relooked at it, and I could see how you you can say it's green. Yeah. Okay. I just I just saw it as yellow. So yeah. Okay. But yes, it's a tongue that Gene Simmons would be you know jealous of. <laughs> um. Or venom. Yes. <laughs> um. We we then get Una sneaking up behind Waspinator with, it almost looked like a shank of ham. <laughs> like a like a ham leg or something, but I guess it was a rock or a piece of wood. It was some um, kind of club. Yeah, but it was um, a jerk because she literally just saw Waspinator refuse to attack the humans, and she still bonks him on the head. 
To be fair, I, she doesn't understand their language. Like, but not she evilly. does understand their language, though. Like, no, no. At the end of Go with the Flow, they told her to run away, and she still had no clue what they were talking about. Uh, I think she understands a bit of it, but she doesn't understand it entirely. And there were some pretty complex things being said. I she, feel like she possibly. understands it. She understands it uh, more than uh, I. I think she. I think she just wanted to bonk him on the head. I think she understood everything he said. Well, to be fair, everyone likes to bonk uh, Waspmater on the head. That's why he wanted to quit being a Predacon. Yeah. yeah, poor guy. He's trying yeah. to explain to her too. He's like, "Wait, human, let me explain." He says, "Let wait, fleshy bot." I like that. He calls her fleshy bot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fleshy bot, listen to Waspinator. <laughs> it's real good. So we then cut back to Optimus, uh, Depth Charge, and Tigerhawk, who have managed to get to the uh, the little staging platform that Megatron and company had found earlier. Uh, Depth Charge says that X was there and Dinobot, and that they went that way. And he points off in a direction, which we assume is the direction that they traveled in. Um, Optimus activates the computer that Megatron was at earlier. Um, Tigerhawk asks if maybe they're fleeing from their approach, to which Optimus thinks that there might be something else. And when he activates the computer, sure enough, he sees a map and a little glowing dot that's headed towards a big Decepticon logo. And then he says, Nemesis. And Depth Charge is like, you're kidding. And so they have a bit of a discussion where Optimus says, look, we've had our differences in the past, but you and I both know that this is bigger than both of us. They're underwater, which means you're the only one who can go after them. So warheads armed, full speed to maximum. You have to stop them at any cost. To which Jeff Depth Charge says, consider it done, transforms into his beast mode, and as we alluded to earlier, his jets manage to work and then he drops into the water. Which, yeah, looked a little weird seeing a stingray. I mean it's a robot Jeff. stingray, it's not that yeah. weird. <laughs> but yeah. So he drops into the water, and we then cut to Megatron, who is riding in the You know what? I was really hoping to hear what when we saw this submersible. It's a small world after all. Also would have been a good option. But I was kind of <laughs> Pause. Was really <laughs> I was hoping to hear the song that we had heard back um, oh. from Changing of the Guard. The one that uh, uh, traps uh, in the little submarine. I thought it would have been amazing if that had been playing in the in their submersible as well. Just maybe see them like, you know, nodding their head or tapping their toes or something while it was good. playing. Yeah. Missed opportunities. I might have been a little bit, a little bit too much of a, of like a whiplash of tone though, because this is supposed to be kind suppose. of an epic scene. Right? The, the whole yeah. fucking episode's a whiplash of tone. They do whatever they want. <laughs> It'd be like even more though, as I was saying, and they were, we were trying to avoid it. But we do, um, we get Megatron who's looking out the front of it, and he says, "A little, just a little further," and then he pauses a little further, and then we see start, we start to see a shape as the submersible is going around it and it turns out to be a ship. And he's like, yes. Mm-hmm. And Dinobot, you know, says impressive. He's like, Oh, it's more than that. My malevolent minion. This is the most powerful Decepticon warship in transformer history. The ship that shot down the Ark itself. The nemesis. Dun, dun, dun. Yep. And then we see the submersible sort right on the rail 
around a corner and then it disappears. We assume that it's, you know, docking with the ship. Um, this is when it would have then gone to commercial. We come back and we've got uh, Tiger Hawk and Optimus flying across the ocean. Uh, and Tiger Hawk, he's like, um, or no, first we get uh, Optimus talking. He radios to the say that it was about here because I watched this with um, Cassie and Michael this time. Michael's never yeah. watched Peace Wars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so at this point, he's like, I told him, like, oh, that's a, that's a ship from G1. He's like, okay, isn't this in the past? And I'm like, it's in the future and the past. And I had to explain like the entirety of the show up to this point. And it was, it was, it was, it was a, it was a struggle. But I think I was pretty succinctly just kind of put it down to the main story beats that mattered to this episode and mm-hmm. got it all right. <laughs> it was very funny trying to. He didn't to... respond with a no. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, like, I'm like, does that make any sense? He's like, it makes enough sense. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I don't think it's that complicated. I mean, there's the these ships crashed in the past, uh, and in the first episode, they went back in time. Well, I, I mean, like, there's a, I, I I tried to like explain it, like, so that it sounded like an, an interesting explanation as well, not just like. Past time ships. I don't know. <laughs> I did all right. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, so Optimus has a discussion with the base uh, saying that it's a class seven emergency situation and that depth charge is preparing to engage a superior force without backup. Um, also that they're tracking his signal, but that they may not be enough and to prepare the base defenses for full assault. Um, Rat Trap is like, but I thought we had this all sewn up. And then Optimus says, well, Megs just ripped it wide right. open. That's your Megs. Yeah. Megs just ripped it wide open. Optimus out. <laughs> yeah. And of course, we then get Rat Trap's classic line of, uh, is it me or did he just say, we're all going to die? That's good. Yeah. Um, Tiger Hawk uh, questions Optimus about his mention of the nemesis because apparently he doesn't know what it is. Um, Optimus then goes on to explain the nemesis. Of course, Tigertron doesn't know what it is. He doesn't remember anything about Cybertron, remember? Yeah, true yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, he explains that it was a flagship of the ancient Decepticon space fleet, and then it shot down the Ark before it's before it crashed uh, you do a somewhere little on the planet. Flashback. Yes, we do get a little bit of a flashback, even though it's not entirely accurate to G1. Um, but apparently Tarantulas has found it, and now Megatron may have it. And if he does, Primus help help the universe. Um, we then cut back to Megatron as he and Dinobot have taken an elevator to the bridge. I just want a cool scene transition where it shows like the Nemesis crashing crashing into the water, and yes. then it shows like a little bit of a transition as like the the two characters talking fly into the same shot, and it goes back to the present. That's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Yeah. Um, which is the future. <laughs> it's the future the and past. the past. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the, the future past. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Megatron, uh, makes comment that even after his divide demise, the spider's treachery remains his best asset. He's like, observe a refurbished ship with a transwarp cell, 
a Predacon control console, and best of all, a Covenant of Primus. So it sounds like Tarantulas did some work on this ship, not just building the 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 rail system to it, but actually installing. Yeah. That's what he's saying he did. Yeah. yeah. He installed some transwarp. He put in a control device for the Predacons uh, so that they can control it also. And, you know, basically getting it ready to use. Uh, and, of course, also the, a Covenant of Primus, which Megatron seems really happy about. Well, it's, it's probably, I mean, I think I think what it is is that more time has passed than we realize. Because that would explain why all the characters are completely unrecognizable in this season. <laughs> so what you're thinking it's probably been like years yeah i mean yeah it could be yeah it could be i mean I, I do feel like i do feel like there are definite it's not like this is every day it's not like this is this whole thing happened over the course of of 52 weeks like i do think that time has passed at least i mean i, I think it, it's at least been three years you know one one year per season uh but mm-hmm. probably actually more time has passed yeah, yeah, that's certainly possible. Although the thing that we have to consider as well is that we didn't get it confirmed that this was Earth until sort of start of season two. So we're looking at maybe two years or a year and a half that Tarantulas had to build this rail system and make the improvements on the ship. I mean, you say every season is ever is a different year, but each season finale leads into the first episode of seat the next season so it's like it doesn't feel like right like sure within a season i guess a lot of time passes but like i don't know it doesn't feel like it's been that long i feel like because i feel like there's i feel like there's certain episodes that there's like months where nothing happens in between them sure yeah Mm -hmm. i mean so i mean that's that's my you know that's that's my take on it also yeah i mean tarantulas has been not necessarily a regular character for the last two seasons like he's sort of been off on his own doing his own little projects so mm-hmm. i i i find it very possible that he yeah i mean he's busy he's been busy i mean he doesn't have anything else to do he doesn't have any friends <laughs> well not since black arachnia switched sides anyway they were never friends <laughs> oh, <true. laughs> um megatron does make mention that he took his name from the covenant of primus uh, and how fitting since space and time are now his to command, to which yeah. Dinobot then makes mention if the ship functions. And he's like, it must quickly all power circuits online. We then cut to depth charge who's swimming, swimming through the ocean and uh, is aghast as he comes across the nemesis. He radios into Optimus to confirm that he's found it. He's like, you called it all right. I'm going in. To which, you know, Optimus says, confirmed, and then wishes him good luck. Uh, we then get Rampage in his crab form, or tank form, rather, uh, saying, oh, I think you can save the universe, fish boy. And then fires off a missile that Depth Charge is then able to kick back. Roundhouse kicks right back at him. Yes. And... The, the missile detonates in the ground, causes a crack to, or a split in the ground, and so Depth Charge manages to, to kick Rampage, but Rampage retaliates, kicks back, and then Depth Charge manages to pick up a piece of uh, raw energon that's sort of shaped like a sword, 
and they the two of them square off but not before um rant or depth charge says that he doesn't have time for him and this this is when we get uh like you had no time for starbase rugby you had friends there as i recall tasty ones too yeah like explicitly uh, singing he was into cannibalism yes which pisses off depth charge quite a bit because then he starts a swinging and then rampage grabs some sword shape uh interdrawn as well yeah Although we do get, we do get a moment where Death Charge tries to stab him with the the Energon, and Rampage grabs his arm and says, "Oh, pathetic!" <laughs> and Death Charge just says he gets this look on his face, like this pissed off look, and just goes, "Shut up!" <laughs> um, yeah. The the two of them sort of go back and forth. Rampage gets a piece of Energon that's shaped like a sword himself. And he charges at Depth Charge, and Depth Charge gets a pretty sweet move where he kicks up another <laughs> another piece and sort of spins around and it slices into Rampage's chest. Yeah, it was super cool. Yeah. But yeah, Cassie said, I got some really conveniently shaped energy on the designing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so when he cuts open Rampage's chest, we see his spark underneath, as well as what appears to be like blood or some sort of fluid pulse, i guess it, no it looks like pulsating like like like, like wires I, or something yeah like i think it's supposed to evoke uh heart valves of, of a sort oh, okay i that's what the the what they were trying to go for but i it's not exactly what it looks like yeah it works for me as that uh, kind of organs okay yeah um we then cut to to megatron who's watching the fight out from the comfort of his console he's like Ah, a little tension, yes. And then he turns to Dinobot asking for a status report. And uh, apparently the power cells are approaching maximum. We then cut back to uh, Depth Charge and Rampage as they're sort of squared off. Start dancing together. Yeah. (laughs) They're just like uh, twirling for a while. And it's like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, they're sort of twirling a bit. Depth Charge then kicks Rampage in the face. Um, then crashes into a piece of energon that Rampage kicks up as he charges at him. Um, yeah, Rampage is, you know, sort of toying with him a bit, I guess. We then cut back inside the ship and it's now fully charged. Uh, and so Megatron starts quoting from the Covenant of Primus and says, and as it were a great mountain raging with fire arose from the sea and then orders the ship's thrusters online. Uh, so we then see the ship starting to power up. This is where we get Red Dwarf and Cybertronics. And we see the um, the lights on the ship starting to come on. It sort of illuminates it quite a bit. Uh, we then turn our attention back to Rampage and Depth Charge as uh, Rampage slices down. He's got the piece of energon sort of almost slashing into the depth charge's shoulder. Um, what does he say? Oh yes. He says, I was your assignment and you failed, which, you know, seems to piss depth charge off quite a bit. Cause he manages to get out of it since rampage flying backwards. And then he goes to try and stab this piece of energon into his chest and rampage is like, you know, holding it with his hands, trying to stop him. And, but he, so we get Depth Charge saying, raw energon right through your twisted spark. Take it. 
Take it straight to the pit, you sickening piece of slag. I love it. It's really good. Yeah. And, then, just... and then, yeah. Yep. And then he stabs him. Rampage oh, lets wait. him stab yeah. him. We should yeah. point out. He lets go, so... and, and then he doesn't stab him right away, and then Rampage is kind of laughing at his face, and then Depth Charge goes in for the stab, and Dinobot 2 starts feeling it. Yeah, he yeah. starts convulsing, and we see these flashes of Dinobot's old body and no, I his... think that's actually Oh wait, no, that's after, after the, explosion, the explosion, rather. Yeah, because we, we come back we come from Dinobot back outside and we get this rather big explosion. Um it, it catches the nemesis. Like it actually is like one yeah. of those things where like it like uh first time you see it, it's it's very powerful and it's knocking everything away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we then we cut back to Dinobot and it sort of flashes between his old body and this transmetal two body. Um, Megatron looks up just as this sort of shock wave envelops the entire ship and we get Optimus, uh, and Tigerhawk both stopping and Optimus saying, well, these are the, the last coordinates that death charge was at, but I'm not getting any. And then he, he hears on the radio, this blood curdling scream, uh, which was death charge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, from here, we then get a big explosion that erupts from the water that knocks both he and Tigerhawk back. And it's also felt at the base. Yeah, Rhinox, base. yeah, Rhinox radios in saying that he detected a massive detonation of unknown type at their location. Um, Optimus, of course, is like, he did it. And then we go back to uh, um, uh, <laughs> uh, Rhinox and Rat Trap, who finally. Finally, that ship sailed, and I'm so happy they kiss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trap hops onto his lap and gives him a big smooch on the lips. I love it. Rhinox just I'm sort taking of this as head. I know it's trying to be comedic in that little joke thing, like "aha, they kiss" because yeah. they're so relieved. No, it's they're they're, they're boyfriends. It's just, it's canon now. Okay. <laughs> um, we then cut back to to Optimus and Tigerhawk uh, as Tigerhawk points down to the water and gets Optimus's attention. Um, we then see ramp one of rampages claws as well as one of depth charges fins and then other body parts start slowly rising up to the top of the water. Um, Optimus radios the base saying that it, it's, it's over. Um, but he's afraid that depth charges paid the ultimate price. So but both he and tiger Hawk, start to head back towards base as they're flying off. We then see the fin. One of his fins start dropping dip back down into the water in a very nice, like memorial kind of thing yeah. sinking into the depths. And we've got like bubbles air bubbles trailing rising after up. It. Yeah. And then once it hits the, the bottom of the ocean floor, we then see like this school of fish floating by and then they freak out and swim away we then get a rumbling and we see the main thrust of the ship igniting and it starts lifting off from the bottom of the ocean. Get a whole lot of bubbles. Um, then as Optimus and Tiger Hawk are flying away, we see the, the water start to darken where they were. And Tiger Hawk happens to glance back as the ship starts to erupt from the water. And this was not the greatest 
graphic use of water I've seen. Yeah, the the water effect is. I'm just glad that things have ch- have changed now. Yeah, it. Uh, but yeah, this effect here again. This is a, despite this this effect, whether it's good or not. I still thought this was a pretty epic scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of this, like, of like, we're getting like, we're getting kind of like these weird shots. Where we don't get to see everything, and it's this massive ship like emerging. And I don't know. It just felt really epic to me, and like I can't mm-hmm. wait to see what happens next episode. Yes. I suspect because... it's fine. It's fine for the time. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm looking at it now. We we get. Optimus saying, by the code of Primus, the nemesis. And then our closing shot of the episode is Megatron on the bridge, cackling maniacally as it zooms out, uh, showing the, the ship is still functional and water is like cascading off of it. And it sort of does, it fades out to like a different angled shot of the ship just to sort of, you know, show that, hey, it's pretty big. And that's the end of the episode. So, yeah. This is a interesting way to start the finale. So what what was everybody's thoughts on it? Um, I thought it was a pretty decent episode. There was like I, I, I didn't really feel like there was that much tonal whiplash actually. Like I know that there was two different there was two different tones being presented with like some comedy and stuff, but when it got to the serious stuff it stayed in the serious stuff and then the comedy stayed in the comedy aspect. I don't think it yeah. actually mixed that much together. Um I thought that the rampage uh the uh, yeah, rampage um Depth charge fight scene was a good ending to their story, and I thought it was a pretty cool fight. Mm-hmm. Um, that that kind of had a satisfying conclusion. So yeah, like, I, I don't know. I, I, gener- I generally like the episode. I am looking forward to the next one. I like the episode. I did. I did too. I mean, just because I noticed a couple of bad things doesn't mean that I hate it or anything. It's. I I, I did. <laughs> Yeah. What I didn't think I didn't think you hated it is what I'm saying. What? Oh, oh! I thought you were saying that I, you thought I did. Uh, but um, I mean, it's I kind of I do wish that they had gotten like at least more seasons or uh, chances. Uh, the finales always seem kind of especially have always seemed kind of a little rushed because of whatever different th- reasons or whatever like and time and stuff like that. And sometimes I I would like to see what they could have done if they had the time or the, the uh, resources that, to do what they had in mind. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like this episode. Cool. Kendall, how about you? So this episode was like, it was kind of okay. I think the thing is though, like this show has just like moved further and further in a direction that, I'm not a fan of the characters that basically any of the characters that I didn't grow up with, I don't like. And all of the, and the character designs, uh, like the, you know, the redesigns for the Transmetal and Transmetal 2, like, are pretty much hit and miss. Whereas I mostly, you know, the, the, the season one characters, I mostly really like all those designs. So it's like, it, I just feel like, this is this is the culmination of a bunch of stuff and like all of the characters that I see I don't recognize. Uh I mean the the like the end of the 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 uh protoform X story arc is is it's that's a cool thing, but it's like I never was 
fully invested in that. And then, uh-huh. and then like now suddenly it's this book of Primus and this nemesis ship. It just feels like they pulled it out of nowhere. Even if it's, even if it is based on stuff from the, from the original show, it just feels, I, I don't know. I, I, it's book just, of Primus was kind of new to me as well. Like I, it did seem kind of odd. And like, and like, and like, uh, really, really, I mean, I really, really don't like Tiger Hawk. Like, like a lot. And, <laughs> and the, and, and so just like, just like even, even though they barely use him, like just him even being there is like infuriating. I liked the Waspinator stuff. I like the humans stuff. Uh, and I actually, I think I watched this episode when I was a kid, like mm. out of context. So there were a couple of bits that I remember, or at least I watched the, the final episode or something. I, I don't know, but like, it's just, I don't know. It's just, I feel like I'm no longer invested in the show. And so it's hard for me to really, really get excited about, about anything on it. Well, that's, you know, that's understandable considering the amount of changes that they've made over the, over the course of it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think, I just think I, I'm, I'm coming out of, as we're as we're finishing up the show, I really think that I liked the first season of Beast Wars a lot, and then the second and third season didn't do it for me nearly as much. Mm-hmm. Fair, yeah, no, that's completely tones. fair. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like uh, it's like um, I listened to Sailor Business and and one of the hosts on that when they were in the in the depths of the second season of Sailor Moon and that host had had only seen the first season of Sailor Moon up to that point he was like do i not like Sailor Moon uh fortunately Sailor Moon rebounded but yeah I, i'm kind of feeling like that with Beast Wars it's like the whole like the overall series the series as a whole is i'm coming out of it and it's like it's not as good as i thought it was mm. well it's to each their own, I think, and it, it certainly with the with the amount of G one references that have been made this season, since you hadn't really been familiar with G one previously, like aside from like a basic, you know, right? I know Optimus of, is a truck. That's all I know about G one. Yeah, I mean, aside from that, they're you know, I'm I'm I imagine a lot of it might have left you scratching your head a bit as to or you know when you're on here and we're having to explain it like it sort of makes it you know sort of like well okay it kind of seems a bit heavy in relation to that so someone watching someone watching it for the first time would not get a lot of the references so yeah well i it's not even the i mean i don't like the g1 stuff but i think that's kind of that's kind of separate. I think my my issue has been the as they introduce new characters, like I felt like I felt like and it's and it's because that first season had a pretty steady cast through the whole season. So I really felt like I got to know those characters well. And that's what I've yeah. always kind of liked about Beast Wars is is both the good guys and the bad guys. Those each of those characters really are characters. And mm. and I feel like ever since like any any character that was really that was um that showed up from the beginning of season two on just hasn't had enough time to develop to be developed with the exception possibly of silverbolt 
And then, like, they've also done, like, weird things with some of the established characters and also the character design. I just, I think I said this last week, but I want to go on record. I also do not like the new Megatron. I thought I liked him at first, but the more I see him, the more I don't like him. So, it's like, I just, I don't know. I don't, uh, it, it just, okay. it just, yeah. Yeah, I'm that guy. I'm that guy. I, <laughs> I'm i the hater. I'm the down on everything. I don't want to not well, like it, but I just don't. Well, oh, no, at least fine. at least we're only one episode away, and we're starting something new. Yeah. Oh yeah, because I've heard great things about Beast Machines. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we finished the episode, I know we've got a, we've got a few questions as well as a news post. So why don't yeah. we take a we'll take a really quick break, and then we will address those, and then we shall close her out for this week. Now, did we want to handle questions or the news post first and then questions? Um, but didn't, we, didn't we have a method we had? I don't remember. The news post uh, first. Okay. Because okay. it's long. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Is this one, is this one especially long? Uh, it's not no, too it's, bad, actually. No. We had yeah. a whole episode last week, so I think like. Yeah. 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 And so I shall, I shall handle the the news post duties. Uh, howdy beasties. It's the lovely Casey back again with more news for y'all. Beast Wars may be almost over, but transformers news is still going strong. We open this time with some sad news. Uh, comic writer. Is it Len Wein or Len wine? I'm not sure. I've always said, Len Wein, right. But how did you, how did you pronounce it? Kendall? I've always said Len Wein, but I mean, I, okay. I don't know that I've unfortunately, unfortunately it's kind of a, it, it, it's kind of it's it's really tragic because he's such an important yeah. comic creator, but yes. nobody ever talked about him while he was alive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he he created Wolverine, but like, yeah, yeah. he just he just and sort of Swamp Thing, yeah, yeah. among oh. among other among other characters. But like, I mean, uh-huh. I mean, Wolverine is like is like the character who was created in the last thirty years that is. Yeah. Or forty years, or I don't know how long ago it was, but like in the last in the last thirty years, certainly he's been one of the most prominent characters in comic books, and with the exception of of like maybe Deadpool, like and Venom, I guess, like is it, it, it's just it, like one of the few characters who wasn't around in the in the sixties, and yeah. yeah, people just kind of forget about him. They just you know. You always t- hear talk about like Frank Miller and Chris Claremont's work on early Wolverine stuff, but I mean, Len Wein's the one that created him. Yeah, you um, could do a special about him, Kendall. 
on your comic corner thing. Well, uh, well, we'll talk about it. We're recording an episode this week. We'll probably talk about it, but. I don't know. I honestly, I don't know that much about him. I mean, I oh, read his. Well, he do, did do some research, and he wrote, <laughs> cool he wrote the he wrote the backup stories in in before Watchmen, but um, but sadly, uh, he did pass uh, this past week at the age of sixty nine. Um, nobody here, of course, will say nice out of respect for the dead. Um, I don't think so, you should have even mentioned no. that. <laughs> well, no, the only reason I say that is because. Casey yeah. actually mentioned it, so because um, she, she was like, she, she knows she it's a running gag. Yeah, she says, hopefully none of you said nice when you heard sixty nine, and I'm just pointing out that none of us are are saying that. No, because so. that's very that's very insensitive. Yes. No, no. Yeah. wow. Okay, Th- thanks, Casey, uh, for the concern. While he's most well known as the co-creator of Marvel's Wolverine and DC's Swamp Thing, he also wrote episodes for several different Transformer shows. This includes the Beast Wars episode Tangled Web, aka the one where all the Arachnids try to build a secret base. Yeah. Yep. He also wrote the G1 episode Web World, and then she goes on to say uh, in brackets ironically did not involve any spiders uh also the beast machine beast machines episode savage noble and the new robots in disguise episode cover me uh she goes on to say i'm sure i speak for everyone when i say we all send our condolences to mr ween's family and loved ones uh, in happier news, uh, Transformers has been nominated as a finalist to be inducted into the National Toy Hall of Fame for 2017. Of the 12 finalists, only three will be making it in. The other finalists are Clue, The Magic 8-Ball, Matchbox Cars, My Little Pony, Paper Airplanes, Pe- Pez Dispensers, Play Food, Risk, Sand, and Uno. Sand. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Okay. I mean, paper airplanes, I was like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, they're good toys. It's just. Yeah. Well, Um. I guess, I guess on the bright side, we know that at least they're not like uh, looking for a brand branded toy. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean, if it's. it's, I'm just glad we finally found out if Transformers is on the same level as sand. Yeah, um, she she does ask us if there's any other items on the list uh, that we hope make it in besides Transformers. Um, I mean, My Little Pony would be pretty cool. Um, Clue is like resurgence, yeah, yeah. Clue Clue's classic. Um, Uno is a really good card game. Magic Eight uh, Ball is a uh, is a is a fun thing that yeah. It's still part of the world consciousness and used a lot, I think, sometimes. Um, I played with Matchbox cars as a kid. Um, Pez dispensers are all good, too. I, I mean, sand is everywhere, although it's you know really grainy and gets everywhere. Yeah, it gets a, I, I don't like sand. Yeah. I hate sand. It gets yeah. everywhere. It's not um, in all of my Star Wars figures. <laughs> But that's because we played with them in the sandbox. It was like yeah. our Tatooine. Um, so, so uh, what? Uh, I wasn't paying much attention. But Legos was Legos oh. on the list? No, it was not on no, the list. No, but I, I am wouldn't be surprised if they are already part of the hall. I was gonna say like, they probably are. Already which is why list. I think Casey probably said what of this list because she's not sure what are already there or not. Oh. So okay, I mean we could look. No, later. that's okay. <laughs> um, speaking of toys, we also got some new promotional images for Power of the Primes. 
she does provide some links, and I'll make sure that I that I uh, provide some links there. Um, we've got Optimus Prime, Jazz, Grimlock, Rodimus Prime, Starscream, and two different poses for Optimus Primal. She says, gosh, he looks so cool. I mean, they all do, but yeah, Primal really looks cool. There's one with, uh, it, with those uh, machete yeah. swords of his, and one of him holding the matrix of leadership. Yeah. So speaking uh, of toys, we're going to go yes. into the uh, Peter Griffin grinds my gears sec- segment here. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I went to Toys R Us and uh, also Target today uh, to look at toys because I was waiting for uh, – restaurants to open for lunch and uh i looked at the transformers toys and i was like i'm thinking maybe i'm gonna buy a transformers and i've been this is not the first time that i've looked at transformers toys uh, two things well first of all i want to give them credit because modern transformers toys the technology is such that like the tran the robot form does not look like it would transform but it does transform and that's cool um hmm. but they've got like the same five characters that have like eight different figures. So like they've got Grimlock and they've got the $8 yeah. version, the $10 version, the $15 version, the $20 version and the $30 version. And then they've got Optimus Prime, uh, the the same ones. And then they've got Bumblebee, the same ones. And like a, a couple other characters and they all, it's like, and it's even like, it's not like they're dramatically different. It's like one's like a little bit taller than the other ones. And so it's I- like, yeah. I was going to say that is kind of one of the reasons why I don't bother looking in there because one, uh, because there's been so many different toy lines of Transformers, depending on whether it's the show, the movie or something like that. It's the, the Transformers sections is a mess and usually is not the, never has the line I'm looking for. Yeah. Uh, and second of all is like you said, like they have, uh, like the, like, you know, the small version, large, medium version, large version of, of the ones that they know sell. And that's usually yeah. it. And it's kind of annoying. Well, the thing is, too, is normally toy producers will, the ones that they know will sell, they'll provide more of. But then they also, like, they don't give even numbers to all of them. Like, right. some of them are more rare than others. Um, working at Toys R Us, I had seen that sort of thing happen before, uh, where we got maybe two of a specific toy that were kind of rare, but kind of popular at the same time. Mm-hmm. And they would get like the day that people knew that toys came in, they were in there. Right. To snatch right. Them up, yeah. So. And I'm, I mean, I'm sure that's a thing, but yeah. well, first of all, I probably want the ones that everyone else wants. Because I'm not that original. Well, actually, no. I, I want I want them to have Beast Wars toys, which they don't, and I can understand that. But it's like I don't know. It's just like really because it used to be like you know with the run of Beast Wars, you know, Rat Trap was a five dollar toy, Rhinox is a ten dollar toy, Scorponox a fifteen dollar toy, and Optimus is a twenty dollar toy, and and they had so they had like a whole line of you know there were ten different characters that were five dollars and ten different characters that were ten dollars and. And a couple of characters that had $15 toys and a couple of characters that had $20 toys. And maybe there were a couple of, of times where you had the same character or if you had like the Transmetal run or something where they redo it. But it's it just seemed like there was – I mean and maybe this is just my perception. Maybe it actually – there actually only were a handful of characters. But like it just seemed like there was there was a lot – there was more more diversity or more – there was more of a variety of, of things to choose from because I'm just – you know. I'm going to say I also think that – 
goes back to like I, what I was first saying was that they have so many different lines. Like, mm-hmm. like if the, because of space is limited, they basically just fill it up with, uh, you know, like a bunch of the five dollars toys, and that's just like yeah. almost half the section, and then a bunch of ten dollar toys, and then that's half the section. And so, if there is e- even if there is variety, like may, like if you look on the back, and maybe there are a bunch of them, they don't they don't take advantage of that, or they yeah. don't have the room for it. I mean, and but but just to be just to be clear, when I say there's a an eight dollar toy, a ten dollar toy, a fifteen dollar toy, a twenty dollar toy, a thirty dollar toy, this is all the last night line like based on the movie oh, characters okay. based on the movie like because there were there were like that's like the current thing that's like in print and then there were like yeah there's like the leftovers of of you know combiner wars or uh robots i don't know what they're called robots in disguise is that one of them yeah. probably I don't yeah know. that's like that was the tv series that uh is finishing up yeah they have like a slightly different aesthetic but i mean yeah i don't know I might buy a Grimlock one of the last night, though, just so I can have a dinosaur. I wish he looked more like a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. I I definitely want to try and get some of the Power of the Prime Dinobots if I can. Yeah. Um. And actually, Casey goes on to say, uh, on a related note, uh, we also got more official images of the Power of the Primes toys for Micronus, Orion Optimus, and the Dinobots, including Hergal Slash. They look so neat. Yeah. Uh, we also got some hands-on images of Power of the Primes Optimus with the Masterpiece 10 Optimus. Uh, so, again, we'll make sure that we have some some of those links in the Twitter post for uh, this coming week. Um, as I'm sure was made clear for the bonus news episode, Casey is very hype about this toy line. <laughs> she... Uh, in closing, last but not least, we have some sexy new images of the Prime One Studios Beast Wars Megatron statue. Uh, That's the one as the purple, the yes. original like purple dinosaur on. That's on, on the dino fallen heads. There, right? yeah, yeah, the fallen heads. Um, these pics give us a look at the light up LEDs for the robot head. Yeah, I didn't know and that. And the T Rex arm. Yeah, as well as various swappable faces. Uh, she wishes the, that she could get this, but at over $1,100, it's so far out of her price range that oh even God. the idea of buying it seems unethical. And I have God. to agree. Um, that being said, people listening to this can feel free to buy it for her <laughs> if they want. Um, but that's all she's got for this week. Uh, congrats. She gives, sends us congrats on making it this far. Uh, we're almost there. So she'll hold back on being too sappy until the finale and until then, she says, have a great week we will thank you casey thanks yeah, there's our news post yep and we only had like a few questions uh one of which i kind of already alluded to from ryan mm-hmm. uh so ryan on the, mentioned on the uh facebook group that uh he basically was like so was the energon weapon uh used on rampage made of uh, of stronger than normal energon how did death charge get uh get a hold of such a powerful weapon and and then finally and more importantly have you seen transformers animated waspinator um, okay um i want to say that i have seen transformers animated waspinator I, I suspect i'm the only one who has and it was a really good storyline transformers animated that got us waspinator what with like the whole rivalry between bumblebee oh, and between Wasp. him and bumblebee yeah I and then like it. you will I mean, I, you, if, I mean, you've had a year. I know. I, 
I'm, I'm not harshing on you, dude. I'm just saying, like, it's so hard I'm to watch. Really seen it. Watch oh, cartoons nice. outside of things that aren't in revolving po- uh, podcasts at the moment. <laughs> okay, um, but yeah, so like, and then the, yeah, and, and and it's this really good like horror story where like Wasp has gotten insane and Black Arachnia turns him into Waspinator, and it's real good. It's and he's a threat. It's it's a really interesting story. Um, I really like it. Uh, the first thing does he mean? Does, do they mean like stronger in the fact that the Energon doesn't break? Because Energon I, does seem pretty fragile usually. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I also think that, uh, like as we were saying, like it just seemed like uh, that before Energon only caused him pain, not so much as uh, as an explosion, and why why it was different this time. But as like we were saying at uh, at the top of the show, it might have just it probably was raw energy, raw energon, and through the co- like through his core of the spark, as opposed to basically just poking him. Yeah. Um. Like I mean, they did show that uh, energon can cut into his spark, so that means that it does. It is that the energon yeah, specifically does and has like, an effect on him. Yeah, specifically, Megatron used an energon uh, scalpel to uh, to do heart surgery, as Kendall pointed out. Like Megatron did heart surgery. This is just him stabbing him in the heart. <laughs> yeah, and there's a difference. I, and as I said, like <laughs> since it's they was like the crystals they were using were supposedly raw energon. I think basically when he stabbed it through the heart, he pretty much also broke it off in there or broke yeah. the thing, which probably caused a bit of an explosion in and of itself. Plus, yeah. with all the 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 raw energon that was oh, laying that was, around, yeah. it probably would have caused a chain reaction, which is why we got such a big explosion. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, it, it was just a lot of factors that piled up, and and apparently, like uh, Rampage figured that the that this was the end or whatever, because he let it happen and laughed in his face as in uh, Death Charge's face as it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a pretty cool scene. <laughs> yeah. So uh, onward to next know. question. Uh so both eyes missing at both eyes missing. See, that's an easy one to remember. <laughs> uh, as Ask us what sub- substance are Transformers uh, actually made of, and they also provided a link to a film theory that actually goes into it. Uh, I watched that video; it's actually made some very good points. This is what we were talking about uh, before we recorded, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that it might be the rare me- metal scandium is an interesting possibility that I would like to see further talked about, but I don't know who would figure that out or how we could figure find out for sure. I will say that I do also think that Transformium is kind of a cop-out name. <laughs> sort of like Unobtainium? Yes. Or Gundanium in Gundawan. Yes! I, yeah. Wonderflonium? Like, yeah, I mean... Like, for the longest time, like, uh, unnamed uh, uh, elements on the on the uh, periodic table were, like, were just named by the numbers. Like, so 118 was Unununium. And... I mean, that at least sounded kind of cool. Yeah. Um, well, we know that the, we know that the, um, that the original, the arc is die cast. Yeah. That's, so that's <laughs> that was the place poured. to start. Yeah. So yeah. they're not die cast anymore. <laughs> so they're probably well, just made full. out of plastic then. <laughs> High density plastic. Yeah. We'll and go ceramic. How about, yeah. like, the old one was like diecast metal and 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 ceramic, right? Mm, 
I don't know about ceramic. Definitely die cast metal, but I don't know if there was ceramic or if it was just a hard plastic as well. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think that the Beast Wars characters are it's a it's a it's a there's organic material for their beast forms, and then yeah, probably plastic for the. I mean, like a good plastic, and then the transmetals have a metal on them. Yeah. <laughs> it works for me. <laughs> I like the actual yeah, scientific it, answer that, like, that Jordan was giving, and then we just bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, just just look up. Uh, what was it? Film th- the film theory was called. Uh, what are transformers made of? Yeah. On YouTube, uh, it, it's a very good thing. It also goes. Or no, I think it was like, can Transformers be made? Oh, okay, yeah. Because, th- like I said, we were talking about earlier about, uh, oh wait, it was like, good, okay, here's the title, it's tra- uh, Film tra- Theories, Transformers, Good Science, I think it says bad movies after good science. <laughs> wah, wah. Also, uh, uh, What Are Little Girls Made Of is a very good uh, episode of Star Trek, the original series that everyone should watch. Trigger, Spice, Everything Nice, and Chemical X. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, next question. And then we have a question from Andy Cap Hot Fries, who is at Paul C. Pace on uh, on Twitter. Uh, they say, I always accidentally call Optimus Primal Optimus Primate. What are some other names that uh, they'd have if the Transformers were Pokemon? <laughs> um, uh, or, or transform into Pokemon. Rhydon? I, uh, no, I think he would still be a Rhydon. Just straight up right on. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, uh, Tata trap. It's Waspinator. Tata trap. Yeah, yeah. Waspinator already sounds like a Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think. Uh, <laughs> he always says be, his own like, name. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that would be like uh, Beedrone, maybe Beedrill. Uh, let's see. Um, for I want to say like Kachitor would be like a Persian. I think so. Like. Per, Persia, Persiacon, um, Persior. Wait, wait a second. Note. Is there is there what? not a cheetah Pokemon? No, I mean there's a leopard I, one, I guess, with the with the, with the black yeah, and white there's, generation. It's not a straight up uh, cheetah. That's interesting, because I mean Persian is like a is a cat. Is not really a yeah. Persian's and, big for a cat. Well, I think Persian's it's kind like of like a, like a cat or a mountain cat. So like it's it's yeah. big, but. Yeah. It's still very cat-like. Megatron then, would be maybe a a Tyranitron. Yeah, I, I the one of the fossil poke that fossil Pokemon Tyrannosaurus yeah. looking one. Or like a or like a mix of like a Tyranitar because they're pretty was, big. If you wanted to go backwards, Porygon would make a pretty cool Transformer. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, Tyranitar. It's like, called Megatron, so we just call Megatron. His evolution yeah. advances is even like the Beast Wars Transmetal and Transmetal oh. 2, because it's Porygon, Porygon 2, and then Porygon Z. Did we mention uh, Galvantula? <laughs> yeah, the Galvantulus. That would definitely uh, yeah. go yeah, for Tarantulus. Um, that'd be really cool, actually, Galvantulus. Um, Have you seen Joltix? They're actually kind of cute. They're just like tiny fuzzy. Joltix are great. I just like Galvantula more myself, but Joltix really good. Um, and they're like super tiny. If you look at the, like, the size comparison thing, it's really yeah. cute. Um, let's see. They're like half a foot tall or something. <laughs> uh, I love how everyone always like goes like, wait, the, it, like in retrospect, they real, like realize now that they're older or, or they're now taller than Charizard. And they're like, oh, now I can never ride Charizard like uh, Ash did. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh 
what 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 bird Pokemon would would uh, areas would be? There's a lot of them, right? Like the Star oh, Raptor. God. Yeah. Like, well, it like, could whatever. be like one of the legendary birds too. I don't think she'd be one of the legendary birds. I think she'd no? be like. I think she'd be one of the normal type. Well, yeah, because like. Peregrine Falcon isn't like that crazy of a bird. I mean, like, I yeah, know, I think I, like... I think Star is it Star Raptor? Is that the one? Yeah, from that's uh, like a pretty Gen good one. I think. That's from Black and 4, White. I think what was the one is from that Gen Black 4? And White? I thought Black and White was a Braviary. Oh no, well bra- I thought Braviary was. Uh... A Star Raptor was like Diamond and Pearl. Yeah, oh. I was thinking that too. Yeah. Geez, hmm. I'm getting my generations mixed up. I always get generations look, mixed look, up. Look, if you're gonna get the the. Uh, a Pokemon from a generation mixed up, it should be the the Pidgey of the generation. Like I think that's pretty <laughs> well, pr- forgivable since every yeah. generation has a pig- a Pidgey. Yeah, yeah. And technically they also have an electric rat character, like a Pikachu. Pikachu. Yeah, like Day 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 or or uh, or Pachirisu or. Yeah, Star like after was generation stuff, four. Anyways. Yeah, yeah I, sure. I'm I I lend myself to Star. I think she would be Star Raptor. I think so too. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have Maybe one more question on Twitter. It looks like oh, it just got posted by Gwen. Well, I think it came in a couple of hours ago. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I missed it. Okay, let's I answer it, and then we can move on with yeah. our lives. Um, so Gwen asks, uh, at Witsuaru, uh, at the end of this second last episode, who is following Waspinator's example and leaving forever? <laughs> I don't think any of us are planning on leaving forever. I mean, yet. Ken looks sounds like he's pretty yeah. close. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like genuinely worried. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not planning on leaving anytime soon. Ah, uh, so. neither am I. We're gonna I, I, shoot Ken in the back after he tells us to kiss his butt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't have any other plans but this. So I'm. I'm so aww. Kind of want to keep this going as long as I can, buddy. Sure, oh. <laughs> we can start another podcast if this one went under. <laughs> but as of right now, there are no plans for anybody to leave. Now, I that could change. I don't know. I even if, even after I'm a big time podcast girl on like four different podcasts. Now I will I won't leave. <laughs> <laughs> um, but certainly, I will not. I will. I would never begrudge anybody for wanting to leave before watching the horrible thing that is Beast Machines. <laughs> I honestly want to just see it because uh, I want to be completionist. I never got yeah. to see it when I was in in uh, first going to college, and so I w- it would be nice to actually get some closure, especially yeah, with understandable with certain storylines that I know happen. Mm-hmm. Sam, there you go. There's the questions for Zeke. Uh, anybody have anything they would like to plug this week? Uh, well, you could probably hear me and Emily on Let's Play's peer review episode. Yeah, that's three and a half hours long. <laughs> where, where, where we place nine games of nine different people in nine doors. Um, <laughs> thanks, Michael. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, other than that, um, I think you know just besides again jesse's uh cooper's curio cast podcast emporium i think they also they spend a recent episode of uh random sampling talking about clowns which seems appropriate what with what uh with the juggalo march that happened recently (laughs) uh and uh also i pretty sure the i've the episode of i've made a huge mistake for season four that i did 
recently has gone up. Nice. Uh, M, anything that you wanted to plug? Um, yeah, you can get my artwork on dangerchair.tumblr.com, and I'm on Twitter at this is Emerald, on Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, this is Emerald, and I'm still open for commissions, uh, $15 to start, and then every hour afterward, every hour after that, I charge 15 Cool. And Kendall, how about you? Um, you can find everything I do on, uh, kendallcast.ninja, um, my, my, uh, thing that I'm, doing a, that I'm putting energy into right now is my project called waiting here for every man where I'm interviewing uh, regular people about the music in their life. Um, uh, feel free to, if anybody is a musician or a, a anything from hobbyist to professional or whatever, I need people to interview. So feel free to reach out. Uh, and uh, uh, just posted an episode where I interviewed my father-in-law who, uh, uh, Played in garage bands in the seventies, so he has kind of a, an interesting uh, perspective on things. And I also I've got a few other interviews that I'm really excited about uh, that'll be coming out in the next few weeks. Nice, sounds good. Oh my um, god! Oh, what is it? I'm I'm looking at the 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 newest humble bundle and Sonic Adventure Two, Bionic Commando, Sonic Generations. I'm just like I was is this worried. Is the Let's Place? Yeah, I was, really, I was really worried that I was going to scroll down and Sonic Shuffle and like th- like the other Sonic games. Sonic Shuffle's like, not on. Let's see, I know it's it? not on PCs, but I would be like, wait, why? What's going on? Yeah, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's a uh, Capcom Sega Atlas, so that was a weird moment. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, I shall uh, quickly plug uh, the new podcast, Home for Infinite Losers. You can join Luke, Emily, and Mike. Uh, the uh, episode zero went up last week. That is just I'm Luke not and on Mike. that, but I'll be on the next one. Yes, uh, but that is a new podcast that has just debuted, uh, which spun out from an episode of TWA that I was on. I really want to guests on that at some point because I, I am a huge Dragon Ball fan so um, oh never <laughs> kidding obviously <laughs> um, and aside from that uh, yeah it's been an interesting week we've got one episode left in this entire series to go uh, so yeah it's been an, it's been an interesting time so far viewing this series uh, but with that being said, I know some of us need to head to bed, uh, so we shall call it a day. So for Warren Beast, I have been Greg. I've been Emily. I've been Jordan. I've been Kendall. Let's roll, folks.